Welcome to the Spicy PL Podcast. So welcome back everybody to the Spicy PL Pod. This is episode 26 and we've got Mr. Jimmy Kolb with us. As always, we got Big Joe Capolino. What's up? And we've got Peachy, aka Jim Marcotte. He's uh, joining us via the Zoom. <laughs> what up, guys? What up? <laughs> so anyway, Jimmy, um, thanks for coming on. By the way, um, well, thank you for having me. It's, it's an honor, and I, I like talking the sport. So I'm more yeah. than happy to be here. We got to give a quick shout out to our title sponsor, um, Quest Athletics and Nutrition. Uh, Sherman Ledford. We just got to shout them out. Visit their website at quest-nutrition.com. Need some hardcore. I heard it was sold out by a couple of listeners, but uh, I texted the boys down there and I texted James and they should get that back up and running. So definitely hit them up. Um, Jimmy, you have anybody, any sponsors you want to give a shout out before we start? Yep. Uh, Anderson Powerlifting. They've been taking care of me since I was 18 years old and I'm now 30. So they've been supporting nice. me for over a decade uh can't do it without them ken anderson himself and his business partner now kevin Pittman. uh the gym i go to is also a sponsor of mine unleashed strength in manassas here in virginia nice awesome man ken is the man i love ken anderson so yeah Yeah. i actually just ordered some stuff (laughs) from them and uh i was surprised when when stuff's in stock they usually send it out pretty quick i got some uh some birthday presents for somebody <laughs> from them. Don't worry, the pod won't be out. Um, so anyway, Jimmy, like uh, we were we were telling you earlier, we had uh, Tiny Meeker on a few weeks ago. Basically, when he posted up the roster for the baddest bencher on the planet meet down in Texas in March this uh, this upcoming year, we were like, "Damn, we got to talk to Tiny because this sounds sick, right?" And you know, we we told you we're we're basically USAPL competitors, single ply and raw. Um, but we're interested in all powerlifting. We've, we've had so many different guests on here from all different types of powerlifting. So we had uh, Tiny on, but he wouldn't talk any trash. <laughs> so we were kind of upset. He was trying to be real professional. Like, hey, uh, you think Scott Mendelson's going to bomb out? Or, hey, you think Dave Hoff really had boards under his shirt? And he wouldn't really, he wouldn't really say anything because he was like really concerned that everybody does the show. And so I guess our first question is, are you planning to do the show? (laughs) Yeah. So the concern, obviously, for me being in Virginia uh, is the distance Um, to hell with driving. That's six state lines, 20 hours. Um, We're not doing that. So it's a matter of taking time off work, at least for my wife who works outside the house, uh, taking time off of work for her, uh, plane tickets, hotel rooms, and things of that nature. Um, I think... Anderson Powerlifting has said they're going to come forward and help me get down there. Nice. Sweet. So at this point, I don't have an excuse not to go if, unless I get injured, which I don't plan on getting injured before now and then. <laughs> so if I'm healthy and training is good, I'm going pretty much 100%. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Um, so I know that they're giving out $1,000 to attempt 1000 yeah. Everybody has to attempt a thousand, basically, <laughs> and then they have like a, a a pretty high grand prize. I do you know exactly what it is for the winner? Yep, first place is ten thousand uh, dollars. Second place is five. Third place is three, I believe, and fourth place is an additional thousand. Wow! Uh, not just an addition to you could go down there and bomb out, but as long as you put a thousand pounds on the bar and try it. <laughs> You're guaranteed a thousand dollars. So I mean, you're gonna open. So Jimmy, 1, what do you plan right? on doing with ten thousand dollars after you win? What's the first thing you're gonna spend? It that's on? a that's a bold statement there. In <laughs> uh, the chance that I might pull out a good attempt that happens to be in first place, um, you know, that's that's more money than I've ever had at once. So I really don't know what I would do with it. Um, gotcha. Invest for a minute and invest it in the in the stock market or something. <laughs> invest it back into the community. Oh. There you go. Little Triangle, Virginia. So I mean, I, my assumption is that everybody who's at least close to capable is going to open up over a thousand. Like, is that kind of the thought process? Right now, 
of all the guys on the roster, I don't see anybody not opening up at over a thousand right now. Yeah. Yeah. How many bomb outs do you think they're gonna be? <laughs> well, there's nine lifters. <laughs> Damn, man. I can see maybe two at most. Two at most? Uh, wow. I would say at I least think, I think two. It's gonna, I think it's going to be quite a show. I think there's going to be a lot of successful lifts. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And, I, and in my, from my understanding, there's not been a single competition in history where there's been more than 2,000-pound benchers competing against each other. Yeah. So to have all nine – well, we, we lost genes, so rest in peace, but, you know, 10 total, but having nine of them at the same competition on the same platform in the same warm-up room, yeah. holy shit. That's going to be uh, – that's going to be quite the area. Um, yeah, it's going to be badass. It, it seems that, like, and we've watched documentaries, we've watched Power Unlimited, we've watched Gene's videos and Scott mm-hmm. and and Ryan Ryan Canelli and all those guys, and um, it seems like they just kind of have picked a meet and they're, like, the star of the show, and they'll bench a 1,000 or break a record, and, it, you know, it might be an awesome lift, but you don't see a lot of the head-to-head action you might hope for, and so this is yeah, going to be... Um, Pretty special. I mean, obviously, the, yeah, the big one, the big ones were obviously, uh, ironically, a lot of them were with Scott. Um, you know, him and him and Gene, and then him and Meeker. Uh, but right these days, I, yeah, I've I've not seen a two thousand pound benchers competing against each other. Well, I guess the metal militia meet where Barati hit his eleven oh five, Putnam was there too, who also hit a thousand. So. I mean, yeah. you could say and argue. I don't know if they were competing against each other, but um, that's the only one recently that I remember where there's been two of them on the same platform. Yeah. Speaking of, of Barati, I, I know we talked to Tiny a little bit about the rules, and he basically just said anything goes in terms of equipment. And I know you're a, a Titan guy. Pro- uh, do you use the Evil Twin, or what, what do you use for your shirt? If I'm going multiply, it's now as of – a few months ago, evil twins only mm-hmm. for the last 12 years, it was always multiply katanas. And I retired those after my last meet here in March where I got my big number. Um, if I'm doing single ply, it's katana. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about like the, uh, like the, these new, like super bison, the super bison, the, the super shirt. bison shirts and stuff. Have you gotten to try any of those? No, I think they're crap. But that's just <laughs> one man with one opinion. Uh, I think they're crap in in the term of them being integrated into just being multiply. Uh, you know, they 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 get in arguments with me all the time, and I argue right back. They're like, you know, poly replaced denim, and now this is the next step in the evolution. I'm like. All right, but fabric to fabric, you know, denim to poly is fabric to fabric, and these rubber shirts. I I'm the one who deemed who originally came up with the, the term rubber shirt. It's stuck. Yeah. Um. So they don't like me very much because I call I make fun of their rubber shirts all the time. Um. But we got a small win whenever Open Powerlifting decided to have uh their benches be separate from Multiply. All right. So, oh, I didn't know that. With them being in their own category. Yeah. What do they, what do they call yeah, so it's, it? It's called unlimited. Unlimited. See, I always thought some of the multiply federations, like the the rules, were basically that anything goes layers wise. And I just remember meets where like Chuck Vogelpohl would have duct tape on his gear, um, stuff like that, where it was pretty much anything was allowed. Whereas canvas or or denim or um but, uh, poly yeah, there was duct always, tape and shit like that too <laughs> yeah, I, was just, I was just at an apf meet here a couple months ago when i was on terminal leave right out, after i got out of the marine corps and uh some guy had a one of those sdps and the collar had uh got a big hole in it and they filled the hole with uh like liquid nails or something it was like spilling out <laughs> <laughs> to keep the collar intact so you could finish the meat and not bomb out with a shirt blowout um but all the gear has always been some sort of fabric that works off of the idea of compression yeah single ply yeah. multiply denim poly it's always been off of compression but these rubber shirts don't work off of as much compression as they do elasticity 
Um, so fabric to rubber, elasticity to compression. So that's the difference. Um, mm. Yeah, I they, can see a difference in them. I mean, they're they're like, it's like an apparatus that they just kind of sewed in that you could put a shirt on, but it just has extra fabric around it. Where to me, and, and especially single ply and why I was attracted to single ply is like the suits and shirts, they're, well, the, the shirt specifically is closed back and it's form fitting. Um, whereas these aren't form fitting and it, it, I don't know why it bothers me a little bit, but it does. Um, so I'm kind of with you. So we're on the same page. (laughs) Yeah. It bothers me a little bit, but, uh, I mean, then you just think about multi, I think about the history of multiply and I just figure why worry about it, you know? So I'm sure, I'm sure an evil twin will get you more carryover. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I did, I did my semi-annual switch to single ply, uh, three weeks ago. Um, on my podcast, I just talked about change of stimulus, how multiply feels a certain way on the body. You know, it's multiple layers, open back, Velcro, it has a certain feel to it. Whereas single ply has a completely different feel. So that change in feeling and that change of the way it wears is in fact a change of stimulus on the body. And every time I switch, every about six to five months from multiply to single ply, I get a, a, a obscene amount of response from that. Hmm. Nice. Just as a change of stimulus could be changing your exercises, changing your workout routine. So is wearing different types of uh, polyester and different layers. Um, so right now I'm in my single ply phase and I'm attracted to it because when you bench single ply, you're only benching with guys in single ply poly only there is no multiply could be a double ply triple ply four ply rubber shirt now it's all integrated yeah whereas single ply is more level fielded yes there's different models there's different companies but it's all one layer of generally polyester and if you want to beat me or beat one of my records you have to in fact wear a single ply poly yeah no that's what attracts me to it because the rubber shirt guys can't touch single ply records and i think that's part of part of it that appeals to me well we we definitely want to ask you about that you know because you know we know you're a natural lifter and we know you've benched single ply and multiply and you know we see you know we're very good friends with blaine sumner i've been competing against blaine for 10 years getting my ass kicked um, and obviously you know of him cause he, he benched a thousand, um, in a single ply meet, which is a IPF world record. And I just feel like one of the, you know, one of the things we wanted to ask you most was why not come back to USAPL? We've obviously looked at your lifting history before we talked to you and saw you won a bench nationals in 2009, um, as a team three, which is great. But you know, a lot of things have changed. The, the meets and the international meets are so much bigger and the recognition is a lot bigger, why not come back and try to break some world records or, you know, try to do something special in single ply, especially the fact that you're drug free. That's fair. Um, I, I like, I won't use the word love. <laughs> I like the USAPL IPF for the fact of the drug testing, the strictness, the, you know, what they, they work off of the uh, same standards as what the Olympic lifters do, I believe. Yeah, um, I think they follow I like water. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the water code. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's fair. I think that's how it should be. Uh if you want to do I got lots of guys, lots of friends that do it. That's their personal choice and I can't hate anybody for doing it. Mm-hmm. Now, trying to hide it and compete drug free and you're not, that's that's totally different. Um but I got I you, you spoke of the 09 bench nationals and yes, I broke the junior world record as a teenager. Um it was in my home, my hometown. Like it was, it was in Cleveland, which was an hour from where I used to live up there in Ohio. Um, but I got a really, really bad taste in my mouth from that competition. It was only my second IPL or USAPL meet I ever did. I did one meet three months prior to qualify, and then went to the nationals. Um, walked away with the world record. But the thing that happened that day, uh, and John Bogart was there. Ralph Young was there. He was my coach for the day. I gotta, I gotta just cut, cut in for a second because I was actually there too. Oh no shit! <laughs> I was, uh, I had just started powerlifting for a year, and our coach, a uh, guy that got me and Alex in the powerlifting, Big Mike Zawolinski, he was competing in the super heavyweight class, and um, we actually uh, went out 
and uh, he benched he benched like six hundred pounds. It was like we had just gotten into single ply powerlifting, and I was in it for a year. And I just went to help him put on his shirt and help him warm up. And just I saw Dennis Cherry for the first time. I saw John Bogart. Yep. Um, I remember seeing you bench but not really remembering now but now it makes sense because i was like wow that was fucking crazy but i was just kind of spectating and helping a friend so i was there but okay. go ahead tell tell us yeah. what happened <laughs> yes so what happened was and I, and I remember this is only my second ipf meet and last one since I have, i've done that one that i ever done and uh like i said my coach who was there a really good friend of mine ralph young um he was tim anderson's like had rival there for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> so I went out there and I benched the junior world record at 19 years old, 636 or something like that. Um, and I was pulled off to the side by a judge. And she said, okay, sir, Mr. Cole, it's time for your drug test. I said, cool. She said, it's going to cost you $140. We accept cash or credit card or, ch- cat or checks. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. Time out. <laughs> Back up. You said it's going to cost me $140. She said, yeah, uh, we accept uh, cash and checks. And I'm like, whoa, fuck. I, I, all right. So I went out to my family who was sitting in the big uh, the ballroom, right? Kind of right in the seats. And I told them, like, if I don't pay him 140 bucks, I can't keep my world record. So I was, like, getting, like, 10 bucks from him and 20 bucks from her and five bucks yeah. from her. And the vice president was there, and he was looking out in the crowd and saw me and was like, come here. And I was like, what? He said, you can't go anywhere without an escort. I said, well, I'm trying to panhandle 140 bucks for your fucking drug test, dude. <laughs> um, I know only... exactly who these people are. Yeah. <laughs> the, the only world record I've ever had to pay for. Yeah. Now she's, and she told me, well, Mr. Colby, you don't have to pay it, but you can't keep your record. I was like, so I'm paying for my record. She goes, no, you're paying for your drug test. I said, that's not how it's supposed to work. Yeah. If I, I get it. Now, if you broke a state record, you got drug tested. If you broke a national record, you got drug tested. If you broke a world record, you had to pay the IPF $140 up front. And they were just being dicks about it. I got really, I just, I was like, I'm not doing this shit ever again. Um, I bring this subject up over and over and over with them online. They deny it up and down. It never happened. Um, but that's kind of the, that's what steered me away. I, yeah. I realized there's a lot of feds out there that drug test that have really big worlds that are not IPF. That's yeah. That's why that's kind of, that's kind of the backstory of why I never went back. It's real. that's super unfortunate. And I definitely know that the, the judge who pulled you over and the vice president at the time there I've gotten in so many arguments with these people too, but somehow I've just kept coming back and always just figured out a way to not get in too much trouble for talking shit. But, uh, I can tell you that that a lot of that has changed. So we don't pay for drug tests, even if you set records anymore. And, you know, back then I think the USAPL was still sort of grassroots. You know, they probably had 10 or 20,000 members where now they have, 200,000 members, the productions are huge, the money's more, you know, they do more for the athletes. Um, they pay for our WADA test, uh, which, you know, I, they should. I've never been, I've never heard of anybody paying for a drug test. Um, so, yeah, that sucks, but, like, I don't doubt it because it was kind of a shit show 11 years ago. And Yeah, um, yeah, yeah John Bogart, he had the same thing happen to him. Yeah. Now, he, I think he actually failed that day, not because of, steroids i think he popped for marijuana yeah marijuana that used to <laughs> yeah. so the wada code just changed like last year you can't pop for marijuana anymore but there's a lot of dumb things people pop for like their blood pressure meds a lot and then people pop for marijuana a lot because there's like diuretics and blood pressure meds but yeah it. it's yeah. a lot of shit a lot of shit happens like that but i'm not surprised that story <laughs> that sucks i wish you would reconsider um especially if you like single ply you know, uh, yeah, yeah, I do. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's very near and dear to me. Uh, so for modern day purposes, where I have to go, I love, I love the Wabdo Federation. Now they're not in Virginia; they're not even really in Ohio anymore, so they're hard to find. But Wabdo, RPS recognizes single ply. Um, 
there's some APF here and there, but it has to be a single ply meat. They don't have divisions. Yeah. The whole meat has to be single ply. Um, so right now, primarily, if I'm going single ply, I look for an RPS meat, a meat that uh, the now widowed Amy Richlack runs here on the East Coast. Yeah, there's a lot. I've been to a few of those. They're fun. Yeah, they're um, fun. Yeah, man. I mean, we, 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 we are involved in other feds. I coach a lot of USPA lifters. I've been to RPS meets to help people out. So, you know, but we just, we just kind of stay in our, because we are all drug free. We feel like, I guess it's important enough to us to, to, to compete in USAPL, but I totally understand why you wouldn't. Um, we'll bring, we had the president of USAPL on the podcast and I'm going to shoot him a text. And say like, listen, we got to make right by by Jimmy and get him back. <laughs> well, I've I've requested 140 bucks from him several times, and it's never happened. But <laughs> we'll we'll pull the 140 just, uh, bucks. <laughs> well, you know, I was I was young. with interest. I was 19. Well, I was 19 when it happened. And it yeah, just, it's tough. It just it crushed me. I was like, this is, and I because I, I had already I had been to other I had I was spoiled in Ohio. Ohio had any federation you can think of. I was competing every <laughs> yeah. other weekend because there was just meets all over the place. I just wonder any, any federation that was available that was close. I went, um, yeah. been treated really well, uh, by several, you know, different feds and different meat directors. And that was just up to that date. And even probably up to this date, just one, one of the shittiest experiences I've had in the sport, which I love the sport. Yeah. Um, yeah. but that was just, that, that just kind of, kind of didn't uh, didn't work for me yeah so uh, you mentioned that you switched to single ply uh training for a little bit um are you planning to do a meet in single ply before the the bench competition or are you are you planning on using multiply for that that bench competition like how are you planning your uh your upcoming training i don't know i just know i i do have a meet picked out now unless the country turns uh, really stupid at the beginning of the year, but I do have a meet picked out. One of Amy Richlack's meets, uh, January 30th, about two hours, uh, east of here in Newark, New Jersey. She's hosting, uh, power pro or the New Jersey States. I don't know what, I don't know what the fuck it's called, but it's RPS. <laughs> they come up with crazy names for their meets. Yeah, they do. So <laughs> I'm going to do her meet over in, uh, Newark there, not too far from home single ply and if i still i i might show up to texas single ply i i keep telling my members on my patreon and on my instagram and stuff like i'm gonna integrate and do both i'm gonna do my single ply training for this meet in january and at the same time throw multiply on and do multiply training after my single ply is out of the way kind of the same workout but so far that's not worked. So <laughs> I, I can imagine. Yeah. So I might just, I might just ride the single ply wave through March. If I'm at a disadvantage or not, I don't, I'm just going down to have fun, yeah. compete in March with single ply. And then I'll make my switch again to multiply after that meets over with, well, I don't know. We'll have to see what the next few months holds for me. You've been hitting some crazy numbers in training. Like what are your, what are your like target ranges on, on uh, like, do you have any, uh, if do you have any like planned attempts or anything like that or. Yeah. Um, it depends on the gear. Now single ply is very easy to manipulate and I can really test. You know, I've got two shirts right now. One's new, one's two years old. And I got another one on the way. Um, my projected opener with the old shirt maybe like a thousand ten or 15 somewhere in there and then i want to jump up close to 1100 pounds um after that i hit a 1105 half board press last weekend with my with my two-year-old single ply yeah we saw um, that <laughs> yeah so it was it wasn't i didn't expect it to move that slow so it kind of shocked me i'm not i usually don't bench that slow um but I had to keep in mind that that shirt has four competitions in it and it's two years old. So I'm going to break out the new one this weekend, play with that, see how that works. Um, but I'd like to definitely go above a thousand. And if I have the golden ticket kind of day that I want, uh, try and shoot for just over 1100 single ply. That'd be, that'd be, that'd be awesome. <laughs> that'd be insane. 
So, I mean, we have we have some more interesting questions for you. And, and one thing you kind of alluded to was, um, you know, travel and travel time and expenses for meets. And, you know, when we talked to Tiny, we talked about, you know, his trips to Finland and Russia and stuff like that. Have you ever been approached by somebody to do an international um, bench exhibition and kind of them have you come out and take care of your expenses and bring you there? Um, or, or is that something you're interested in? I'd be very interested. I've always been interested in it. I'm still interested in it now. I've never been approached. Okay. Not once. I, I don't know if it was back when, you know, back when Gene and, and Scott and, and Tiny were doing crazy shit and Ryan, but I feel like they used to have at least one or two meets a year in Russia where they would try to bring some crazy numbers over there. Yeah. Um, the, the MHP guys, uh, Luyando, Mazda. Yeah. Ryan was on that team for a little while. I was on that team for three years. Um, they, they used to, yeah, they used to send them overseas as a team, Jeremy Hoornstra mm-hmm. and they, they'd all go over to Russia or somewhere in, you know, uh, Eastern Europe or whatever and compete. Um, I thought that was so bad. And Gene's last meet I think was in Russia, if I'm not mistaken. Um, before his retirement was in Russia. Golden Tiger or something like that. It was Golden called. Ti- yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah, where he couldn't hold his breath while he was benching because his heart <laughs> would stop. Jesus, that's insane. So, I, yep, that's that opportunity has never um, came to me personally. I don't. I'm not. I'm. I'm trying to get better at self promotion. I've never been a fan of. Yeah, look at me. Look what I do. I just like doing what I do and whether there's recognition or not, I'm not doing it for recognition. I'm doing it because it's what I want to do with my life. So, you know, it might be partly my fault, but again, I've, I've not had anybody or been with a company that said, Hey, we're going to do this for you. Let's go. You know, no, I, I think a lot of the interest glo- globally maybe has gone to raw. And then also I've saw they're flying out like big deadlifters instead of, you know, the big benchers, you know, where it's, mm-hmm. it's just shifted in 10 years where, Guys who pull nine hundred or thousand are doing these international events. Like Callier Woolham did a meet in Russia um, right. with Yuri Belkin and whatnot, where they don't do the big bench meets anymore. But I think maybe you know Tiny's meet will change some things. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely and, You know, the WPO been back for a couple of years. That's awesome, and being televised, which is unheard of. Um, hopefully, this brings some attention to the sport. I, and I think it's going to happen in waves. I think you're going to see this happen over and over and over again, where Gary gets popular like it was in the 90s and 2000s, then falls out of popularity with Raw. And then Gear comes back, and then Raw. I think it's. I think we're going to see this happen many times. That's just my prediction. Um, I never jumped on the Raw wave when it first became a thing, I don't know, 10 years ago or something. Mm-hmm. I, I never had any interest in it. I like equipped benching, single-ply, multi-ply. Um, will I ever go raw in the future? I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think your prime from what my friends tell me that are that age, they, they say your prime is from 30 to 40. So I've got that decade to my advantage right now. So I'm in there uh, too. Yeah. I just, <laughs> yeah, you are. just turned 30. How, how old are you? 30. 30. Yeah. You're young. I'm 32, but again, I'm, I'm like you. I never got on the raw train my, you know, what I want to do is squat over a thousand pounds in single ply equipment. I was a huge fan of Brian Siders yeah, um, when yeah. I first got into the game and that's really, I just wanted to be like him and I never have really let go of that. I'm still doing the same shit and I love it. I just love the adrenaline rush of gear. But um, on, on that topic on benching, I mean, we saw you done some full meets and you had some pretty respectable numbers at times, like a 900 pound squat and a 700 pound deadlift. Like, is that just completely in the rearview mirror for you, or are you ever going to try to maybe chase a huge total too? No, I'm done with full power. I don't. I, me knowing me the best. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I know I know myself pretty well. Uh, no, I am. It is 100 percent. Um, in the past, I when I when I, I tell people when they ask me about the full power stuff, I tell them like when I was doing it, I didn't enjoy it. I had, I, I, I did it because that's why I, I still being a little younger, I was under the impression that that's, you had to do that to be a power lifter. 
So I was doing the full power training. My best total, I think, on open powerlifting, it was still number six all time at 220. Um, I got a 24-10 total with a 900-pound squat, an 810 bench, and that 700-pound pull you mentioned um, at like 218. That's when I was 20 years old. I was 10 years ago. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't enjoy it. I fucking hated it, man. Just, <laughs> I, I ask I, myself just, every time, why the fuck am I doing why this? Why are we doing this shit? <laughs> I, 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 I enjoy the shit. I literally get pleasure from benching, not in a sexual way i'm just saying like i mean we uh, get horny from venting yeah, too we, we get crazy oh, we well, get horny from venting. i'll say it that way That's cool. uh, we're on the same page i like it uh i i i literally i i i love to bench i the training that goes into it the the progress the the hurdles you have to get past um you mentioned loving the the thrill of the gear that just I live for that shit, but full power just it sucked. <laughs> I hated going through the full meets and just twelve fucking hours and uh no, I did not enjoy it. Well the grass so is I, always I, greener I, now at these meets, they they've become so efficient and especially at big meets where maybe there's only there's not a million lifters, it's a world meet or a pro meet. They get you through these full meets so fast <laughs> you feel like you're gonna fucking die. Well, so. that's the thing too. I was talking <laughs> to some guys. They did that uh, RPS meet, the Gene Richlack Memorial here over here in Tennessee a couple months ago. Um, I think Bert Underwood was hosting that. It was Tennessee or Kentucky? I don't. Know. They're, they're yeah. both the same to me. I don't know which state's which, but same to us too. Uh, yeah, right in the middle there. <laughs> but uh, so he invited me to that, and I said, "Hey, Bert, I just, I just, I can't make it. It's a seven-hour and a half drive. I can't. I just can't do it, dude. I'm sorry." But they, they got – that's where Brian Carroll got a 1,300-pound squat. Um, they went a mile a minute and got those guys done very quick. But that was an invite-only type yeah. situation. They had like 15 guys total. That's kind of what happens. But warm coming off from squat, especially if you're a big squatter, and then having to get your squat suit off and your bench shirt on, I don't think yeah. you would enjoy that part. No, that shit. <laughs> and I was when I was at Iron Chamber Gym in uh, Canton, Ohio – um, we would squat Saturday mornings. So I'm putting eight, nine, maybe a thousand pounds on my back once in a while. And then we bench on Sunday mornings. And then the very next day I'm putting the same weight or more in my hands. So, um, so no, I, it just, once I stopped squatting, my bench went up and I was like, oh, what do you think cool. about that peach? I think that that's definitely the case. I mean, <laughs> I squatted once a week. No, no, I squatted once a month during quarantine. My bench went from 390 to 440 <laughs> in raw. Yeah. And then, I mean, I haven't really benched in my shirt since or whatever. It, like, I could, I think I benched like a, I don't know, like a 742 board or something somewhere in there. But yeah, I mean, I put, I put 50 pounds on my raw bench squatting once a month instead of twice a week. Yeah. Well, that's, that's another thing we wanted to ask you, Jimmy, is, uh, Every big, big multiply bencher always claims they have safety bar squatted a thousand pounds and pulled a thousand pounds on a trap bar. Do you make such claims? No. <laughs> the fuck that? No, that, that that's that's cool as all hell if you can do it. But well, Gene Gene did it in a meet. Gene did it in a meet with beltless. Also, yeah. that was yeah, that was cool. But no, I. I tell people, I laugh. I say, I haven't squatted in three years. <laughs> <laughs> do you no, do anything no, for no. leg strength? No, you know, I, I figure like, here's the thing I, I came to realize the realization of is, uh, and people ask me that question. Well, if you want you know, stronger bench, you got to get stronger legs for more leg drive and yada, yada, yada. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, I used to watch, who's the guy on it? <laughs> Respect depth on Instagram, real big squatter. Um, he's, he squats 700 pounds, bare knees, no belt, no wrist wraps, just high bar, 700 pound squat. And he buries it. He's got legs that are about as wide as my waist. And I'm like, fuck, that, that's some, that's some serious. I think his strength. name is Damien Pizzuti. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just, I know him as respect depth. I don't know his name, but so I used to watch that shit. And I was like, that is amazing. Good God almighty. And then, uh, I'm, I'm saying, I'm not saying his like only. I'm not trying to discredit anything he does, but I'm just kind of referencing. So he's got that kind of lower body strength. 
but he's benching 500 pounds. And I'm like, my lower body strength is nowhere damn near that by, a, by, a, by any stretch of the imagination. And I'm benching a hell of a lot more, even raw, than that. Why do I need to freaking squat all the time? I just want to yeah. focus. I put all my focus literally right here on bench-specific training. The closest thing to lower body would be maybe a once-in-a-while block pull for upper back development purposes. That's that's the closest thing you do to legs. Block nice. That's it. Nice. I, I literally have not I, – I can't physically put a bar on my back anymore. So uh, <laughs> Just too damn big. I'm yeah, just I mean, too inflexible. You look at the Paralympics guys, you know, they don't need any drive. You know? Yeah, see, there you go. Yeah, those Perfect. dudes bench 700 pounds raw with with, with no legs, you know. No legs. Crazy shit. Yep. Rest in peace so to Siaman Rahman. But um, yeah, that just made me want to ask you another question. Do you ever press a bar over your head? Nope, never. <laughs> it's interesting because I feel like I've I've been trying to implement that into my training, and I mean, if Jimmy Jimmy Culp doesn't do it, maybe I shouldn't fucking do it. <laughs> but what I we just, have seen you do is reverse grip, which we've been yes, which we've been doing. How That's long have you been doing reverse grip? Nine months. About so, the same so, time. So about twelve months ago. I was in Dubai with Alex. We were at IPF Worlds, and we, we've told the story in the pod before, but it's one of my favorite days ever in powerlifting. I had just competed. I lifted like shit. I got fourth place. But uh, we were drinking a bottle of vodka with the Ukrainian team that night in their hotel room, and uh, they were telling us to implement reverse grip, but they couldn't really tell us in English, so they just said with their hands, you have to bench like this, like this. And so obviously we all went home last november and december and we just started reverse gripping and uh mm -hmm. we still working in every, we were doing it w once a week for like six months but we still work yeah, it I've, now i've seen i've seen his videos um on your feed i've seen you do reverse grip yeah 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 we love it I so think, I, it, I i was excited when i did 400 pounds and then i saw you do four four or five for ten reverse grip I think he's done more. Yeah, my best <laughs> that grip four. I've done four oh five. I do count the half rep because you know eat me. But I did uh, <laughs> my best four oh five for for reps was uh, eighteen and a half. 18, yeah. I'm oh trying, shit. Yeah. Trying That's to get on my it's it's way down my feed. You have to scroll down. <laughs> I I'm saw trying to that, get twenty. Yeah. I'm trying to get to twenty. It just hasn't freaking happened yet. I got I'm trying to get twenty half. of three fifteen. <laughs> we, well, we so we were talking to the Ukrainians, uh, Baikov, and we were we were asking them about their bench programs because they're I mean they're pretty strong. They had uh, the reverse grip, they were doing incline, and then what was they were doing boards board and work. they were doing shirted bench or like uh, using a ram or slingshot also once a week. Yeah, so it was a three time three. They were benching four times a four week. four times a week. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm curious what your uh, what what your programming looks like if you if you don't mind. I know you you put a lot yeah. of it up on your feed, but just out of curiosity. Yeah, yeah. So I live six days a week. Oh, six days a week, man. Uh, my my weekends are Fridays. That's the only day off I have a week. Um, so my the start of my week now that I'm not working, I'm out of the military. I'm I'm, I'm lifting full time. So the start of my week is Saturday mornings. That's my big shirted bench day. So, and then the rest of the week is building off of that day coming around for the next Saturday. So Saturdays, big bench day, shirted lifting, tons of tricep work afterwards. Sundays is my first upper back day of the week. Uh, Monday is a bench prehabilitation day. Tuesdays is back again. Wednesdays is not shirted bench. Not Ross and not sure. <laughs> not sure. <laughs> and then Thursday is back for the third day of the week. That's how my weeks are three back and technically three bench. Um, if you want to count that prehabilitation day as a bench day, because I do bench kind of movements like bamboo bar uh, with the hanging bands and stuff like that, but uh, some rear delt work and some tricep yeah. work and stuff. I mean, I, I haven't really heard of anybody training six days a week. So it's pretty interesting, especially just for the one lift. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I have literally all my laser focus and effort is right here just for the bench. Um, 
So three, and I trained my back more than my front. I've, I've followed that rule pretty much my entire career. Um, that's how I do it. And the reverse grip bench is, and I got, you know, I've been training since I was 14. So 16 years, I've been benching, one, you know, one way, always like this. And once I learned how to reverse grip bench the way I do it, um, even after doing it the same way for 16 years, I will never go back to raw benching like this ever again. Wow. So never you again. only, you only bench reverse grip. Yep. When, when That's you're it. not wearing some equipment. This is sick. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If I'm not in my shirt, if I'm doing, uh, I do boards, reverse grip. I do full range, reverse grip. I'll do uh, pin presses, reverse grip. Uh, sometimes I'll do top end. My, so my philosophy is low end shirt work, top end raw. That's how I structure everything. Um, I will do close grip three, four, five boards once in a while, but 90, 90% of all the raw work or not sure to work I do is all reverse grip now. I'd say that like this is pretty unique stuff. Like, did you just come up with this stuff like trial and error, uh, or yes. have you? Yeah. So this is and uh, do you do you coach people in this way? Do you coach people to bench? I coach. Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, I create pro custom. I cu I call it custom programming. I have people come to me to ask about programming. I say yes to make programs at three month intervals for a flat rate basically I take and they're coming to me. So I, I feel like they're They want my opinion or my knowledge and I give it to them. I take every single piece of information they can give me and they can't give me too much information. And this is considered, this is people online I'm talking about, but uh, they tell me every damn thing they do from speed work. If they do speed work to tricep work, how often they bench, what kind of reps they use, what kind of variations they use. And I look at it all. Say, what do you want to bench? What are you benching right now? Okay, here's my opinion on what I think you should be doing. And I design them a three-month custom program, two days of benching a week, and then they take off with it. And uh, I got people in person that I train with. I don't have any in-person clientele that I coach, you know, full-time. Um, so that's kind of the extent of as far as the coaching goes. Pete, but, do you have uh, any questions on this stuff? Yeah, so it seems like you, you're really kind of into benching more like twice a week, and that's something that I've been kind of into as well. But a lot of the Russians and people who lift in USAPL are like really into doing three, four, five, six days. Uh, Japanese lifters as well, benching every day, sometimes twice a day. Um, I, I just found that to be like way too much benching. Uh, I don't know if you have that same opinion or do you think it's all because of recovery or you can just go harder on those two days and then the other days aren't as necessary or. So I, I go so ape shit on those two days. I don't think I can physically do anything more than two days. Um, I added that third day of bench on Mondays, which is a prehab day where I'm prehabilitating. I'm not rehabbing anything right now. I'm not hurt. I'm trying to further prevent injury. So I do a lot of bamboo bar benching, a lot of rear delt work, um, very light dumbbell pullovers, like a 20 pound dumbbell pullover. It's like getting a lot of blood and lactic acid in all these crucial areas, trying to speed up my recovery time. So yeah, if you, I mean, I, there's so many new methods out there that I, I can't, discredit somebody if they want to bench six days a week and they see progress by all freaking means keep doing it if that makes me want to puke thinking about me benching six days a week <laughs> i mean I, I wish the human body could could recover that fast yeah and if i could bench every day i would do it because i love it that much but i know i can't um so for i've always followed the two day the two day or two day a week rule for the last 12 years I've been competing and that's worked for me. So that's what I do. Cool. Have you, have you, um, have you like ran into any nasty injuries in all your years, uh, lifting? Um, no, that's the easy answer, but, uh, the only, there's two, two incidences. The first incidence 
happened after I graduated the island and then we graduated Camp Geiger, we ended, I ended up at Fort Lee here in Virginia. It's an army base for my uh, ground ordnance schooling. And our instructor loved to do planks and push-ups for our PTs at four in the morning. So I, I, I took a temporary hiatus um, the year before I joined the military and a year in. So I was, off, I was off for technically two years of lifting. Um, when I got to Fort Lee, things kind of chilled out a little bit because I was there for seven months. I started lifting weights again. So we did this PT this one morning, planks and push-ups and planks. And that's how he found out who were the men and who were the boys kind of thing. And the rest of the work day from five to four in the afternoon, you get the, you know, when your titties kind of quiver because they're really sore and like work, you know? <laughs> so the whole day, my tits were, about were quivering. Oh man, that was a lot of, lot of planks, a lot of pushups, you know? And I, re- I got over it. So I was in the bench, I was in the gym benching that night because we had a, we had Liberty from like five o'clock to eight o'clock at night or something. So three hours of free time. And I was benching. I was on my second set of 315. And I just did a set of eight. I was trying to do multiple sets of eight. So I did one rep, two rep on the third rep. As soon as I pushed, I heard a crunch, my left pec, or felt a crunch or something. I was like, oh shit. And I racked it. And uh, severe pain. But I think what happens, I, I ruptured the fascia around the muscle. I had no redness. I had no bruising, no blood, nothing. Just real, a lot of pain for about three months. Then I got over it. So kind of lifting related. Kind of lucky. Not, you know, um, the only other injury I had in the gym was about a year and a half later when I was stationed at Quantico. We were lifting at a gym. And I was benching 405 with no wrist wraps. That was you know, the mistake, I think. I did one rep. As I was about ready to come down for the second rep, the bar slipped out of my hands, had full lockout, came down to my chest, right below the xiphoid process, bounced, came back down a second time. Uh, oh, I've had that happen before. <laughs> yeah. I fractured two ribs. I pulverized all the soft tissue. Oh, shit. I had a minute Damn. amount of internal bleeding. Oh, so and I couldn't get nasty. out of bed for six months but without assistance. Uh yeah, I'd say that's a I'd, nasty injury. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty serious one. Notable. Notable. Besides that, I've, I mean, I've not <laughs> torn muscles. I've not ripped pecs, blown out shoulders, had all the, you know, ripped biceps from deadlifting. I'm not doing anything like that. Nothing. Yeah. Like I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the multiply guys have, like, you know, rap sheets like that. And I'm sure, like, Dave Hoff or guys like that are just, you know. Craziness. Crazy, crazy Torn tendons stuff. and yeah. ligaments and yeah. shit like that. We like to play yeah. a like a dumb game when we're just like messing around with each other. It's like, what's the most that you would take out cold? <laughs> so like, if if like if there was a competition that you were like competing in to like win like ten thousand dollars, you know what's like wh- or like what's the most you would take out on the bench cold? In gear. <laughs> <laughs> no raw cold <laughs> wow i don't think that's worth ten thousand dollars that's your that's your body man <laughs> all right in I gear later no warm-ups you, you have your shirt on oh jesus christ um in gear i'd be comfortable maybe with eight yeah that's oh. the slight work for you that's easy well i it's not, it's not light. I'm just saying. <laughs> Listen, we, we want to ask some more dumb questions. And one that I have to ask you that tiny wouldn't answer is, do you think Dave Hoff had knee wraps or boards under his shirt in that meet back 10 years ago? I know what meet you're talking about. And I've only seen the videos. Um, without being there, without knowing the man, but from what it looked like, I could argue, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I well, think I so know. too. <laughs> there, there's there's rumor and spec. Did Jimmy Pacifico not wear a uh, an adult diaper while he was benching in one of those meets? He in fact did. So <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know so, that to, one. To, that's just that's a yeah, good to one. Poof, to, to poof the singlet out so as that if his ass came up, it wouldn't, oh, it wouldn't show the judges. We've talked about singlet poofing. 
Blaine yeah. Blaine Sumner actually wears like a a singlet that's like four sizes too big for him, and his his handler fluffs his ass before he goes, and it's like all puffed up so that he could lift his ass off the bench. I've <laughs> I've not had I've not been actually I've never been red lighted for an ass raise. <laughs> I, I can I can put my hand up for that one, but um. I've seen only recently, and this is kind of a good idea, but I use a lot of uh, sticky spray for my back. Mm-hmm. I've seen guys actually spray their ass with that shit before they go out and bench, so their singlet will actually stick to the bench. <laughs> is that oh. legal in multiply? Is stickum legal in multiply? Legal, yep, uh, it's legal in XPC, RPS. I, well, I'm not sure about RPS, but IP, everywhere I've gone, it's legal. Huh. Uh, yeah, I don't use stickum. Stickum sucks. I use Marucci baseball bat grip. Nice uh, spray. That's just actually part. sticky. Yeah, See, I'd be kind of, I'd be kind of bummed like if I wasn't using like sticky spray and like the guy before me was, and I lay on the bench and it's all sticky and. <laughs> it it makes it's the the my 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 training partners love when I use it because it makes a fucking mess on the bench, <laughs> um, especially the Marucci stuff. That shit lasts like five lifters on the pad. I mean, it, it's very very oh, very tacky. I feel like we would like it, but I don't know. I could see yeah. a situation where like a female wouldn't want their hair sticking to the bench or something. Well, that's like that. I I train with two females, so they don't yeah. really appreciate that so. <laughs> what, what other dirty tricks do you have up your sleeve <laughs> dirty tricks i mean i've been that's not dirty i guess i mean basically i'll frame it this way single dirty, ply but... we i don't know if we're just kind of idiots but we kind of wear like some pretty tight stuff but we get it on we get it on as far up as we can get so we can touch our touch lighter so we don't bomb out every meet we do and we don't really do anything else special maybe we pull our collars down but you know what? What other tricks do you have when yeah, you're tricks in, of the trade? You know, you're 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 getting you're benching a thousand thirty-five pounds. Like what? What else is what else is key? Uh, depends. If it's multiply, there's really not much else besides learning to deal with the pressure, uh, messing with the collar, the back straps on multiply can actually adjust the tightness of the shirt as well. Um. You can wear the straps loose, which makes the shirt looser in the front, where you can crank those motherfuckers back, and that pulls the shirt against your body, making it tighter. Um, that's one thing. I've been very clean my entire career. I've not done anything dirty or secretive, sure, or propri- or even proprietary like secret. Yeah, um, yeah. I can, I can attest to that. But single ply is fun because I compare single ply to multi ply. Single ply kind of being like a manual car that you can tell what to do as opposed to an automatic like a multiply because if I want a lightweight to touch in a single ply, like you just said, keep the collar nice and high. I'm speaking on katanas and having the sleeves straight. Mm-hmm. Um, if I want to do second and third attempts consecutively heavier and heavier, second attempt, you can pull the collar down. But actually, to get the collar down even further, I do the Mark Bell trick of a training partner and grab the back of the shirt, pull it up here so he can pull this down further. Oh, yeah, we do that one. Yeah, so that's that's for like a second attempt purpose. Yeah. Now, this is the pain in the ass part because it involves taking the shirt off, putting it back on. Um, but for a really big third attempt or a really big weight in the gym I've never tried before, take the shirt completely off, put my... Uh, arms in the shirt and the sleeves this way, palms up. And then when you get the shirt all the way on, when you go back to pronated, it torques the sleeves and makes the chest plate tighter. Huh. I, I haven't so done that. No, we haven't shit. done that. We I gotta do that. Doing... We, that's, a yeah. good, that's a good <laughs> tip. Well, you, you see the you see the, the, t- the katanas that have that torque, right? Yeah. yeah. That's what that seam is meant to do. So you torque the shirt so you put your you put the shirt on normal with your palms facing up. Then when you turn your palm back in, the sleeves twist the chest plate and make it super tight. And you'll see tall tail uh, wrinkles right here on both sides. Mm. Uh, that's a sign that the shirt is now torqued, and that makes the shirt behave completely different. That's awesome. Yeah, the other thing that you we do, do combination when you pull the back up and you jack. The chest down 
We'll stick a hand in there mm-hmm. and grab the tit, pull it out. <laughs> pull it out. Expose oh, the nipple. Pull the tip uh, yeah. all the way up so you can jack it down, but you slide a hand in there. Son of a bitch. Jack the you gotta get out. You got to get someone who wants to get their hands dirty. Yeah, it's a dirty job, but it works. Well, I, I, demand, I demand it. I'm just like, guys, stick your hand all the way down, grab yeah. the tits, pull them out. And Peachy stinks, too. He stinks, and he sweats. <laughs> It's I oh, I had to no. stick my hands in there a couple of weeks ago. It was awful. <laughs> Give it the old stink test. That's yeah. awful. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, but have have you ever tried that? I've not done that. I mean, uh, the the most when I was when I was eighteen, um, the most I've ever had a shirt jacked before. My first bench press shirt I ever wore was a two ply Karen Klein denim. That's what I learned to bench with. And Adam Hicks told me, if you learn to bench with this thing, you can bench in anything. It's been true to this day. Um, so I went to an iron chamber meet when I was 18, and I didn't have a crew there yet. So uh, there was a gym called Duke's Iron Zoo, <clears throat> and his guys were there. I just benched five. I, went, I benched 550, 585. I was going for my first 600-pound bench as an 18-year-old, and he, he heard what I was going for which would have been the second heaviest bench in the meet. I think one of his guys did like 640 or something. And uh, I, I didn't know anything about pulling the collar down or anything. So he had one of his guys come over and they took that denim collar and literally put it down like, like below my sternum. Tighten my belt about five notches too tight. And I ended up dumping it on my face. So that, that didn't, that's my only experience with severe jacking of a shirt. So, <laughs> yeah, I tend to leave it high. I don't mess with the collar too much. No. No. Other than that, what else? What else we got? I mean, uh, we usually ask um, a series of questions because I'm totally open, guys. Whatever you want to ask. <laughs> we're, we're, it's a, <laughs> we ask a series of questions about. Um, you know, guys that have failed drug tests that are known to be, you know, users. And we like to have fun and just say like, who's, uh, like whose cup is, is hotter. Yeah. Whose piss is hotter. Whose piss is hotter. (laughs) (laughs) Who's pissing hotter. So it usually goes like this, you know, we call it's, it's called pissing hot when you fail drug tests. So, you know, it's, the game is called who's hotter. And, uh, a typical example would be like, hey, Jimmy, who's hotter, Dave Hoff or Eric Lillibridge? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Lillibridge for sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want to I stay with the benchers. So in their prime, in their prime, not now, because I don't know what, what's going on now, but Scott Mendelson or Ryan Canelli? Oh, uh, fuck. <laughs> wow. Um, that's a, that's a really hard one. I know them. I got both their numbers in my phone. I'm tempted to add, uh, I'm going to go with, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with, more. I'll say, I think Scott may have. Yeah. Yeah. And, and th- this isn't even part of the game, but I got, I got, I got to know these two questions from you. Do you think Scott so, is going to bench well in March? Well, the, if he was benching in poly, I'd say there's a good chance he may not because he's been relatively inconsistent throughout his career. Um, but now that he has switched to those uh, rubber things, yeah, I think that's going to make him a little bit more consistent. So I think if he can dial in, he's got like several of those shirts. Right? I, I even hate calling them shirts now, but. I just think he's he's been through the ringer, man. He doesn't look great, you know. Maybe no, one he's of those what is he? Fifty two, fifty three yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I saw Ryan. And, I saw Ryan training in one of those too. Yeah, Ryan made the switch, but even Ryan Canelli himself. I went on his Bench Monster TV about a month or two ago, and he himself says they should be in their own division. And he's one that's using them right now. Yeah, they it's it's compl- it's not apple. It's it's completely different. Apples to oranges. It's it's completely fucking different. It's wrap material. It's rubber. It's elasticity. <laughs> now he was a big fan. He's really long limb, so he was always a big fan of the SDPs being of a stretchier material. That's what worked for him. Yeah, 
Um, a long-limbed individual tends to work better with the stretchy stuff like Dave Hoff, like Canelli. Um, somebody like myself or Meeker with a very, very short stroke do better with the stiffer materials. Um, so when he had, so when the SDPs took a shit because Zinzer decided to be a, be a bitch and stop caring about their customers. <laughs> and these things came out, these rubber shirts, he was like, Oh, Oh my God, a shirt that's made of stretchy material. I'm going to hop on that. Cause that's what I like to use. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so those two have made the switch. Then obviously a Barati and Putnam are both using them. So at this meet, it's going to be like me, Meeker, and Hoff and Polly's and Blaine. And then the other five lifters are going to be all in the rubber shirts. I'm pretty oh, sure. shit. So it's like a majority. Well, the IPA earlier in 2020, I think January of this year, they approved them for the first time ever. So. Yeah. And and one one other thing I wanted to ask you because you kind of mentioned it before and you just mentioned it like it was no big deal, Brian Carroll's thirteen hundred pound squat. Mm-hmm. You think that was a legitimate squat? Until I see a true no shit side view, the man's legs are atrociously big. To judge from the front. I mean, it might not look like he's at parallel. Maybe he his his quads are so big or whatever that he actually did, but it, it looks like he didn't. From the front, I'd say it looked like no good. Yeah. All but right. I, I, but I, I can't speak my opinion on that because I don't know. I, I wasn't there, and I can't see it from the side. Mm-hmm. But just judging purely on the front, I'd say it was no good pretty high. But, I mean – you got white lights. I there's no side view camera angle. So, uh, all right. Before before you go, I got one more for you. One more really good one. I said before before we let you go, I got one more really good one for you. Who's hotter, Tiny Meeker or Jimmy Cobb? <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> Y'all are funny. I'm just messing with you, man. <laughs> it's until proven guilty, right? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. No, man. We uh we support you, and uh we take your word for it. We saw your meat history, your drug tested stuff. So we think what you're doing is awesome. Yeah, we want we want you. you to come lift with us. I mean, it'd be <laughs> sick. Yeah, why don't you come you to USAPL? Are, you're up you're up north, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. we're in Boston. Boston. Oh, what's not? Ter- How far from Virginia is that? I'm not keen on six hours six seven hours yeah oh okay well i'm i'm not i'm not against it that's not terribly far so someday yeah some someday for sure and um we might consider coming down to watch the meet in march that'd be cool that'd be fantastic yeah um we're thinking definitely since i'm in contact with um alex on instagram i'll be able to tell you like hey I'm not going or I can't go. Yeah, hit us up. Yeah, I'll make sure you guys are in the loop just to be sure. I mean, I'm I'm now that Anderson has gotten in contact with me, I'm pretty damn sure I'm going to be able to go. So, awesome. so, so what do you, what do you think are your projections, you know? Uh top top 3. Top 3, I definitely think it's going to be between I don't I don't like blowing my head up or boasting, so I'm not going to include myself. So um, oh, we want to we want to hear where you're gonna be. Are you gonna be in the top three? I liked. I, I can see myself being in the top three. Uh, just depends if I make the switch back to multiply to start handling 1,200 pounds again. Because that, that was kind of the goal for the meet was to go over 12. But I think it's gonna be between Barati, Meeker. I'd like to say myself for the top three. Um, wow. If yeah. not me, I think I think Hoff could come out of nowhere and put up something really big too. Yeah, his stroke's been looking pretty good, but but yes. his numbers aren't his numbers aren't as as high as you know, some of the stuff I've Tiny. seen you guys been yeah. putting up. So, yeah. but, I mean, he trains he trains for full power. That's the thing too. It's not like he's yeah yeah he's one he's a lift badass. mentality. So we gotta yeah. keep that in mind. But I, I mean, think for ten thousand dollars though, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's definitely even even second place for five thousand. I mean that's. The most no, I've only gotten two thousand dollars out of this sport, and that was when I won the Arlen in twenty fourteen. So, yeah, and Tiny's definitely going to pay up. So, yep, I, <laughs> like it's going to be fun. Yeah, be a fun time. Yeah. Well, we're wishing you the best of luck. We're rooting for you, and we we really do appreciate you. you coming on here. Um, before yeah. before we close it out, 
Um, you want to again say um, you mentioned your, your sponsor Anderson Powerlifting, and we're sponsored by Quest uh, Athletics and Nutrition. But it sounds like you have a, your own podcast, and you've got Patreon and, and all that stuff. So you want to um, give us all that information? Yeah. Um, so I've got the uh, podcast. It's the Cold Strong Power Podcast. I go on about once a week pick a subject. Usually it's something that one of my listeners or one of my patrons says, Hey, can you do a podcast on this subject or whatever? I just kind of real loosey goosey kind of like this and just talk for a little while, generally about 20 minutes to 45 minutes, depending on the uh, subject. And then uh, the Patreon I run as a side business. Um, That's basically, it's a $10 a month and they sign up and I put every single workout I do per week up there. So kind of what I use as advertisement is, it's all the behind the scenes stuff uh, for the big benches that I do. Um, all the back training, all the bench training, all the, the stuff that doesn't work, the stuff that does work. I put it all on Patreon for my guys to watch with commentary over top of it. And they can make custom requests. If they say, hey, can you make a video talking about how to make a weight touch in a really tight shirt? Or, hey, uh, can you make a video on this? I make side videos and include that. So it's 10 bucks a month for full access to every single aspect of my training that I do six days a week year round. That's cool. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's what I do. And that's my business right now. Awesome. So it's right. going pretty well. So thank you for asking. Yeah. If every, anybody's listening, definitely check that out and check, check Jimmy out on Instagram. We'll, uh, we'll link up all, all those things. If, if you uh, send me over some links for that stuff, I'll put it in the, uh, in the YouTube and, cool. uh, appreciate it jimmy it's been awesome yeah. having you i appreciate you guys yeah this was great thanks for having me on here i really appreciate your time all right awesome, man. man see you soon take stay care. strong all right. Bye. deuces take it easy you as well